ESPN Radio. Just in, and I'm told in my ear that this is not a joke. Tom Brady just tweeted. These past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business, LFG. ESPN Radio. After 40 days and 40 nights, the GOAT has resurrected his NFL career for a 23rd season down in Tampa. Harry Douglas and I are all over it. This is Chris Canny, and you're listening to ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN+. Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on Twitter, at ChrisCanny99 and at HDouglas83, and hop on board on the Canny call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And you want to gonna get on board on the candy call in line early because I'm anticipating that we're going to get quite a few phone calls, Harry, about the return of Tom Brady, what that means for the Tampa Bay Bucks in 2022, as, West, as well as the rest of the NFC. But Brady, who's going to turn 45 years old in August, is continuing to buck Father Time. And we keep saying at some point, Father Time is always undefeated. This guy, Tom Brady's not going down without a fight. It's unbelievable that he's coming back for a 23rd season. What was your reaction when you got the news late last night that Brady was going to be back in Tampa? Chris, the funniest thing is that I was boarding a flight, right, to come up here to Bristol, Connecticut, flying into Hartford. And, you know, there's another a lot of New England people on that flight. So I messed around and was looking at my phone. I was like, man, Brady's coming back. And somebody in front of me heard me. So they was like, what? Brady's coming back. So they went to their phone. And then the person in front of them heard them. And the next thing you know, the, whole, the entire plane hears it, Chris. So the entire plane was focused on Tom Brady coming back. The only thing about it is that he's not coming back to the New England area. He's going back to Tampa Bay. But I'm excited because Brady, man, Brady's a guy who uh, ended my career, put me out of the playoffs <laughs> my last year. But he's a guy that... A lot of us see as immortal because he's doing things. Uh, he led the lead last year in receiving uh, passing yards and uh-huh. touchdowns. So it never seems like Tom is getting him. Tom is going to be that guy, always be that guy, a team guy. We, we know his salary, uh, team-friendly deal to allow them to put a lot of other pieces around him. So I respect it. I, Tom Brady, he got, he, he's back. He's back, and I'm excited. You know, how, yeah. you know how Eminem, guess who's back? Oh, yeah, no Brady's doubt. Brady's back. Brady's back, no question about it. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And, Harry, I'm just thinking about the next documentary that Brady is about to drop because we started with Tom versus Time. Then this past year we had Man in the Arena. I'm trying to figure out what's going to be next in 2022 because you know he's got something up his sleeve with his new production company. So we got to be anticipating that Tom Brady is going to have something to do. But I will say this, over the course of the weekend, people were speculating about what potentially – uh, could happen with Tom Brady. We know that Jason Light, the Buccaneers GM, said that they would leave the light on for Tom Brady. And then Brady took in a game with his with his sons uh, over at Manchester United in Europe, uh, checking out the soccer team, which you know is owned by Malcolm Glazer, the Glazer family. And so, of course, that set the rumor mill ablaze. We saw the conversation that he had with Cristiano Ronaldo, although it didn't sound like we were getting an answer from Brady But I just found out from the guys behind the glass, Harry, that we actually have sound 
from Brady's response when Cristiano Ronaldo asked him whether or not he was retired or would he make a comeback in the NFL. Take a listen. I'm not leaving. The show goes on. This is my home. They're going to need a wrecking ball to take me out of here. Okay, so maybe that's not Tom Brady. That's, that's Leo and Wolf of Wall Street. But you get the point. Tom Brady just refuses to go down. And I said this, Harry, when he retired. It felt like this was a decision that he made for his family. It wasn't a decision that he wanted to make for himself. There was still plenty of good football left in Tom Brady. He still was playing at an MVP level. Hell, if it hadn't been for Aaron Rodgers, you're probably talking about Brady being the 2021 MVP. That's how good he was last year. And then the kicker was the fact that he lost at home in the divisional round to the eventual Super Bowl champs in the L.A. Rams. As a competitor, it's hard to walk away from all of that. It's hard to leave a game that you've played more years of your life than not. Tom Brady has been a part of the NFL longer than he's not been a part of the NFL in his life. That, that, that puts into context the, the longevity that he's had And we were talking about this in our production meeting before the actual show. And I said, you know, for as methodical and how, you know, robotic Tom Brady goes about his business, this might be one of the most human moments that we've ever seen from Tom Brady. Because you can see the push and pull between his call, his passion, versus the love that he has for his family. He decided to step away, but that – I don't know, that inkling, that 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 possibility of what the team could be had they not had to deal with all of the injuries and the drama that they did in 2021, what they could potentially be, I think that's what ultimately ended ended up sucking Tom Brady back in. And now you're talking about him signing up for another tour of duty down in Tampa. Well, Chris, Tom Brady is a competitor. He loves to compete, right? He lost a game against the Los Angeles Rams who went on to win the Super Bowl on the last second field goal because of a boneheaded play call defensively. Go on cover zero because every Ooh. indication from that that game says to me that if Tom Brady gets that ball first in overtime, and history has told us this as well, is that he's going to go down and score a touchdown and not even give the Rams the opportunity to come back and win that game. So if it wasn't for those things, then I'll say this. Remember that show, The Diary, You Think You Know But You Have No Idea? Yep. Tom Brady went home for two damn months and realized <laughs> that things were real. Real at home. Does it, no, baby, that's not the way you fold the towels. Tom, I need you to change all these lights in the house. Change lights? I'm Tom <laughs> damn Brady. What do you mean, change lights? Tom was going through all these type of things. He, he at home, he want peace and quiet. The kid won't stop asking him questions. People, people don't understand, when, especially when you play a professional sport and you retire and now you got to be home, that's a different ball game. It's a whole nother football game off the field than it is on the field. And all these type of things started probably weighing on Tom Brady. But I, I got to give Giselle credit because Tom was probably at home, I won't say moping, but looking a certain way. She's allowing him, and I say allowing because they're in a marriage, right? They got to be in unison on a lot of things. Mm. He's allowing him to go back to doing what he loves to do because that makes him happy. And, and, and for a significant other, you want your, you want your significant other to be happy. If Tom Brady wasn't happy, Giselle probably noticed it. You know what? Go back to playing football. Plus, you're not putting these dishes to where, in the area they're supposed to be put in. <laughs> Go on back. Yeah, Harry, here's the thing, man, and that's something that a lot of folks don't understand. When you don't have the structure of being a professional athlete and being in the NFL around you, you, you got to figure out 
what to do with yourself. You got to figure out where you're going to find that that competition, where you're going to find that opportunity to, you know, be able to be elite at something. And for a lot of guys, they struggle with that getting out, even though they're educated, even though they have plans. You're not going to find something that can quench that competitive fire just quite like football. And I think for Tom Brady, knowing that he can still play at a high level, it's hard to walk away from something when you're that good. I mean, in any walk of life, Harry, you name it, whether you're, you know, a CEO, whether you happen to be, you know, somebody that, you know, manufactures something, whatever walk of life you're in, if you're really good at it to the point where you're one of the best at it, it's going to be hard for you to leave that. It's going to be hard for you to put that down. And I think this is another classic example of the same thing. We just happen to view it through the professional athlete's lens. So I'm excited for the sport of football. I'm not a Bucks fan. I got no skin in the game when it comes to that team. But I'm excited that the NFL gets to have Tom Brady for one more year because we are talking about somebody that most folks think is the greatest quarterback of all time. The game is better off with Tom Brady as a part of it. We know he can still play. It's just a matter of what happens next for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because their general manager, Jason Light, has a lot of housekeeping to do before the start of the new league year. To get insight on that, as well as the fan reaction down in Tampa, we're going to welcome in Tom Krasnicki, who is the host of Ronnie and T. Krasz, 620 WDAE, down in Tampa. But before we do that, we got to get a word from eBay. When your part of your offense isn't firing on all cylinders, it shows. Maybe it's a drop ball. Maybe you just can't work your way down the field. When this happens, the only solution is to replace that part with something better. It's the same with your car, but unlike in sports, a new batch of car parts can't be drafted every year. That's why eBay Motors exists. They have all the right parts at the right prices. In fact, eBay Motors has 122 million parts. Harry, that's a lot of parts. But that way, you can make sure you get the parts you need to make your car a winner. Visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Brady is back, baby! Adam, uh, what is it that changed during this two-month period? 40 days since Tom Brady retired, and I think as he stepped back and reflected, he did not feel like the time was right right now. Let's go out to the hotline right now, Harry, and welcome in our guy, T-Crash. That's Tom Krasnicki, host of the Ronnie and T-Crash show on 620 WDAE down in Tampa. And T-Crash, first and foremost, we appreciate a few minutes of your time. We know it's busy down there. But what has been the fan reaction down in what, what the city of Tampa's Twitter account is calling Tampa Bay right now? What's the fan reaction of Tom Brady coming back to the Bucks? Well, Chris, great to be on with you again, and uh, good afternoon, Harry. I got to tell you, well, what is it, March 14th? It's Christmas down here, guys. <laughs> fans are elated, Bucks fans, Bucks players, from Mike Evans to Chris Godwin and Tristan Werfs. If you peeked on their social media accounts, they're absolutely elated beyond belief that Brady is back because now they have a puncher's chance. And, Tom, i got to ask you, this team, before Tom Brady announced that he was going to return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, were basically, in a certain way, being rebuild mode. Now they're back in a championship mindset. How has that affected the city? Well, it's affecting everything, Harry, because, as you mentioned before, I really thought without Brady they were going to have to move forward. And even though Jason Light didn't use that word, rebuild, 
he's going to – that was probably facing the Buccaneers after Brady walked out. It was probably going to have to be a rebuild. They were going to have to get younger at certain positions and probably rethink things and reevaluate what they were doing. Now that Brady is back, they're going to reload, and they're going to find ways to try and get guys to come here and play with Tom who might get more money elsewhere. They'll probably get those guys at a cheaper rate. They're trying to re-sign guys to get them to come back at less money than they would have gotten elsewhere. Ryan Jensen is a perfect example. He got $13 million a year. Probably could have got $14, 15000000 million a year elsewhere, but he wanted to play with Brady. Brady called up Jensen and said, look, I'm back. I need you back. And Ryan Jensen decided to come back. So I think the philosophy is way different, 180 from what they would have been. So from what they would have done had Brady stayed retired. I hope Brady got a year's supply of baby powder for Ryan Jensen. I'm just saying. But we're talking <laughs> to Tom Krasnicki, host of Ronnie and T. Crash down at 620 WDAE in Tampa. And T. Crash, along that same lines, you talked about some of the impending free agents that the Bucks have. I know they don't have enough money to sign everybody, but can you give us some insight as to who are the priorities for general manager Jason Light, guys that he would like to get locked up before free agency officially begins uh, on Wednesday at the start of the new league year? Chris, they got priority number one out of the way, and that was Ryan Jensen. It was absolutely imperative for the Bucks to bring him back at three years, and they did so. Now they've got their center. Now they've got their two tackles. Ali Marpet, their left guard, is not coming back. Everybody wanted him to know if he was going to unretire like Brady, but I texted him last night because I've known Ali for quite a while, and he said, hey, everyone wants to know, are you coming back? And he said, nope, I am staying retired. I am not coming back, and that's going to be the end of that. So the Buccaneers are going to need another guard. Alex Kappa left, went to the Bengals. They re-signed Aaron Stinney, who started a couple of games for them a couple of years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. So they kind of like him to start at one of those guard spots. I think they're going to draft an offensive lineman. They're going to try and get Leonard Fournette back, guys. They only have one running back sign, and that's Keyshawn Vaughn. So I think a running back is going to be a position they address in free agency. And tight end. How can Gronk not come back now? Brady <laughs> is here. I would expect Gronk to come back as well, guys. Tom. First, I got to say this. What do you think Bruce Arians drunk last night after hearing the news that Tom Brady was coming back to his team? What 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 kind of liquor, what kind of alcohol did he drink on the rocks last night? Give me your answer. Well, I got to tell you, Harry, uh, Bruce, like myself, is a big bourbon and cigars guy. And I don't know if you guys partake in that sort of thing, but it might have been some Blantons, you know, it might have been some Jefferson Reserve. So I think he was definitely whining and dining and smoking a cigar once Brady got gave him that call and gave him the okay and said he was coming back. So, look, that relationship, guy, by the way, guys, is something that a lot of people thought, you know, the national narrative was that, wow, Brady and Arians don't get along. That's why Brady decided to come back. That's why he retired in the first place, was going to try and force a trade to San Francisco, and I thought that was overblown. You know, the coach-quarterback relationship is not always a perfect marriage, as you guys know, but those two guys got along really well, and Brady decided to come back and decided to come back with the Buccaneers. So that tells you that, you know, that dispelled anything that was going on there. And, Tom, the reason why I asked what what form of liquor was Bruce Arians drinking is because I said when Tom Brady retired that he would have to do a phenomenal job in coaching and actually have to dig in and be hands-on 1,000% along with Byron Leftwich. How much pressure does this take off Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich now that Tom Brady's back? 
a lot of pressure, Harry. There's no question because with Tom Brady, he's like a coach himself out there, and he's going to coach guys up, and he's going to make sure guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So, you know, Bruce Aarons likes to delegate authority. That's why he leans on Byron Leftwich to run his offense and put the game plans together. And Todd Bowles is completely the guy in charge on the defensive side. So there's no question Tom Brady makes life a lot easier for the coaching staff. T. Kras, we saw the pictures of Tom Brady taking in a Manchester United game over the weekend. We know the Glazer family owns that organization as well as the Tampa Bay Bucks. I- I'm assuming that us being here today is a product of some of the conversations that took place over the course of the weekend. Can you give us some insight as to you know what went on or what assurances the organization gave Brady as far as them charting a path forward? I don't think there's any doubt that there was some dialogue taking place really over the weekend when Brady was seen at the game and in the weeks leading up to it. And don't forget, Jason Light at the Combine said, we're going to leave our light on. You always do that for a guy like Tom Brady. Bruce Aaron said the same thing. So I think they were in contact with him over the last few weeks in order to kind of gauge his interest. So once they got an idea that he was leaning towards coming back, they put together another set of plans in order to proceed this offseason because like I said, I think without Brady, it might have been more of a rebuild and maybe you're going to lean on Kyle Trask, their second-round pick from a year ago with Blaine Gabbert because they were trying to go out there. They were interested in Russell Wilson. That wasn't going to work out. They were very interested, guys, in Deshaun Watson, but the draft pick compensation plus the off-the-field issues kind of scared them off a little bit. And by that point, a couple of days ago, they found out that Brady was coming back anyway. All right. Well, T. Kras, we appreciate a few moments. Thanks for the insight. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you again real soon. Guys, anytime. It's my pleasure to be with you. Have a good one. All right. That's Tom Kras, Nikki, co-host of the Ronnie and T. Kras show on 620 WDAE down in Tampa. Giving us the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. And, Harry, you heard it from the man. They were interested in Deshaun Watson, but – by the time they did their due diligence on him and figured out what it was going to cost to pry him from Nick Casario, they had already realized that Tom Brady had expressed he wanted to come back. And I have no doubt that's the direction that this organization should go in. Yeah, 100%. You look at Tom Brady, he won a Super Bowl in his first year, uh, took him to a division around. He won the a, a NFC South last year. But a guy like Tom Brady, who's won seven Super Bowls, if he gives you any uh, indication that he wants to come back, you open those doors. You let that light shine, and you let him go out there on that football field and shine as well, as well as uh, prying other guys from other teams in free agency to come join him in doing so. So that that's the makeup of Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be moving forward from this point on. Does Tom Brady's return make the Bucks the favorite in the NFC? Tap in on the candy call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. But coming up next... Free agency legal tampering period begins today, and we're already starting to see some names fly off the board. We'll play a little bit of matchmaker just to see where we think some of the top flight free agents are going to land, the situations that would be best suited for them as far as their next destination. You're listening to Harry Douglas and Chris Canney, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. HD and CC on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in to ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily 
available wherever you enjoy your podcast. We're going to get to NFL free agent matchmaker in a minute, but we're reacting to the breaking news that Tom Brady is returning down in Tampa. And the question that we threw out to you guys, to the audience, is does Brady's return make the Bucks the team to beat in the NFC? Tap in on the candy call in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Let's go out to Adam in Detroit. Adam, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Hey, guys. This, this is I want to hear this directly from you guys because you've been there and done that. Tampa Bay ran it back last year with a lot of veterans that gave really good deals to the team to come back and play again. Now, Brady retires. He unretires. You know, veterans want, well, they want job security. You know, they want these contracts. Now, you don't know what Brady's going to do again next year. You could be stuck on a garbage Tampa team because you don't know who your quarterback could be. I mean, what, what's going through these veterans' minds, you know, right now when Tampa's presenting Tom Brady for one year, you don't know how long after that, and, you know, they're going to want you to take a discount, you know, and, and there's going to be no job security for you. I mean, what, what would go through your minds as athletes? Well, Adam, it depends on where you're at in your career. If you're a guy that hasn't been in free agency before, you hadn't gotten to that second contract, but you were on the team a couple of years ago when you won the Super Bowl, I can tell you what's going through their mind. They want to get that bag of money. They want to get top dollar, and they're willing to go wherever the highest bidder is going to be around the National Football League. But if you're a veteran player and you've gotten your second contract, maybe you're on your third or fourth deal, then it's appealing to go back to Tampa knowing that Tom Brady is going to be there because it's all about competing for championships. And take it from one that knows one. Once you start getting late in your career and you got more behind you than you do in front of you, all you think about is your legacy and you think about trying to win at the highest levels as many times as you possibly can. So it's a great point by you pointing out that, you know, there is some uncertainty about what happens after this season because Tom Brady didn't sign a new contract. He's just coming back on the deal that Tampa already had him at where he's getting 20 million. I think his cap hit is $20 million this year. So there is no new deal in place. But, you know, if you're a player on that team, there is no certainty that Brady's going to decide to stick around for 2023. So it's a valid point, but I think depending on where you're at in your career, uh, I I think that determines how you view this situation and whether or not you want to explore free agency or come back, run it back with the Bucs. Chris, I agree agree with you 100%. It's all about where you are in your career. And I'll give you an example. A guy like Carlton Davis, right, Mm -hmm. who's trying to look for that bag this time around. Uh, This is his first time in in free agency. He ain't going to have to look long, Harry, because he's going to get it. He's going to get around that, $20 million a yeah. year. You better believe that. So that's that's what I'm saying. So he he has a Super Bowl win already, so he's probably not looking for no discount. He has that ring. He's trying to get that money and secure it for his family. Yeah, and speaking of Carlton Davis, because he is an impending free agent, Shannon, guys behind the glass, let's get to NFL free agent matchmaker, shall we? Oh, that beautiful dating game oh, music. You hear that? Love it. Love, love it. it. All right. Love it. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you an NFL free agent and simply put, you got to tell me the best landing spot for that free agent. You guys got okay. it? We got it. All right, we Chris, understand the assignment. Let's right, go. Here we go, Chris. I'll start with you. Free agent linebacker Bobby Wagner. What's the best landing spot for Bobby Wagner, Chris? The Denver Broncos. Bobby Wagner should absolutely follow his teammate Russell Wilson. The Broncos got a quarterback on offense. They need a quarterback on defense. Both their inside linebackers are impending free agents. And the Denver Broncos, 
Well, let's just say they got a lot of cap space. They're 11, they've got their 11th most cap space of any NFL team, so it makes all the sense in the world to go after a defensive signal caller like Bobby Wagner. We know that that has been the identity of this organization, of this team in years past, especially when they won their most recent Super Bowl. Bobby Wagner can give them a little bit of that culture on that side of the ball. So I think Denver's the best spot for him. Yeah, for me, Chris, with Bobby Wagner, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys, pairing Ooh. back up with his old defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. Vander Esch is a free agent. They lost, they're going to lose Keanu Neal as well, who played the linebacker position for them. Uh, they traded uh, Jalen Smith or released him during the season. The, the linebacker position is a need for the Dallas Cowboys to pair up with Michael Parsons. All right, keeping it moving, Shannon, what we got? All right, Harry, here we go. Teron Armstead, FOP, friend of the program, offensive tackle. Teron Armstead, Harry, where do you have him going? What's the best fit for him? Oh, this is easy. The Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields needs somebody to protect him. This has been an issue for the Chicago Bears the last two or three years, protecting the quarterback. You have a franchise guy, you have to get him protection like he's a franchise guy. So start right there with Teron Armstead, and I think they'll be okay. All right, Harry, I disagree with you. I think the best place for Teron Armstead is Indy. Why? Because Indy has the most cash space, and Teron Armstead is about his money because, as you know, he is a friend of the program. That's just where he's at with it. You know that they let Eric Fisher ride out in free agency. The Colts have always been about having a brick wall for an offensive line. Teron Armstead, in my opinion, would be an upgrade at that position, playing alongside guys like Quentin Nelson, uh, Braden Smith. I I just think that that offensive line has the chance to once again be dominant. So, Teron Armstead in Indy, even though you don't know who your quarterback is going to be, Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback in the AFC South. That's a low bar to clear in terms of trying to become a playoff team. So, I think Indy is the place to go. You're listening to Harry Douglas and Chris Canning on ESPN Radio playing NFL free agent matchmaker. Shannon, who's next on the board? All right, Chris, here we go at the cornerback position. J.C. Jackson, what's the best landing spot for J.C. Jackson? What you got, Chris? It's the Baltimore Ravens, man. And, yeah, I'm being a little bit of a homer because I played for the Ravens, but they were dead last in passing defense last year. And that's not typical of Baltimore. They had a lot of injuries. But I will say this. This is a team that is built on defense. That is how this organization approaches it. They try to figure out how to slow down all of those opponents in the AFC North. And if you look at what the Cincinnati Bengals are bringing to the table, with Jamar Chase, who might be the best receiver in the NFL, with T. Higgins and with Tyler Boyd, you're going to have to have some corners to be able to cover those dudes. They got Marlon Humphrey on one side. Let's add J.C. Jackson on the other one. Good luck throwing against those guys in man-to-man coverage. J.C. Jackson to the Baltimore Raven. He plays like a Raven, Harry, right? He does, but I don't like it as much as I like the Los Angeles Chargers. They just traded for a Khalil Mack. You have a Joey Bosa. You have Asante Samuel, Samuels Jr. Then you have Derwin James at the safety position. They're going to lose Chris Harris in free agency. He's a free agent right now. You bring in a J.C. Jackson in a, in the AFC West division that has gotten better because the arrival of, 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 of Russell Wilson now with the Denver Broncos. So you're going to need that secondary to be on point. Plus, Brandon Staley, he wants that defense to be right. So I got mm. J.C. Jackson going to the Chargers. Not bad. I like it. I don't like it as much as the Ravens, but I like it. <laughs> All right, last one here for you guys. Harry, I will start with you. Von Miller, pass rusher with the Rams. Where do you see him ending up next year? What's the best fit? Welcome home to the Denver Broncos. He's going back where it all started for him. 
I think they need more of a pass rush there. You have Bradley Chubb pairing back up with him. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to be there, so the offense is going to be on point. You have guys in the back end, Simmons. Uh, you have some young corners, Patrick Sertan. Put uh, Von Miller right there in that spot, defensive end, outside linebacker guy to wreak havoc. He's going back to Denver. Harry, I had a friend reach out to me this weekend and talking about this exact situation. And you know what he told me? What? It never rains in Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) And they just won a Super Bowl, so you know you can get it done with the crew that you got on that team. Listen, playing next to Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, there's a lot of one-on-one opportunities. And we found out that when Von Miller gets those, he still knows what to do with them. He still got it. It ain't like he's falling off. People thought he was on his last legs in Denver until they traded him to the Rams. And then you saw the real Von Miller stand up. He had nine sacks in the 12 games that he played for the Los Angeles Rams, including the playoffs. I don't think they break up a good thing. Both sides have expressed mutual interest in Von Miller returning, so I think he runs it back with the L.A. Rams. That's just the way I see it, but we got plenty of free agents that are going to be making moves over the next couple of days. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Harry and I will keep you posted on all the free agency goings-ons because breaking news is coming in hot and heavy throughout the course of the day. And it's going to be that way for the next week or so. The NFL offseason starting to act a lot like the NBA offseason, and I'm all here for it. But coming up next, speaking of the NBA, Kevin Durant drops a 53-piece nugget yesterday in their win over the Knicks, but that's not why KD is making headlines. Wait till you hear what he had to say after the game. You're listening to Harry Douglas and Chris Canney. ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio and E+. And Harry, listen, I know I'm just parachuting into college basketball. Quite frankly, I haven't been paying attention like a lot of the experts on our roster when it comes to breaking down the field of 68 that was set by the committee yesterday. But in looking at this situation right now, Arizona, Kansas, The defending champion Baylor Bears and Gonzaga Zags are the number one seeds in the field of 68. And so I know a lot of people are speculating, can Gonzaga actually finish the drill last year when they went undefeated and they actually lost in the championship game to Baylor? But a lot of people want to know who's going to be the eventual champ. I know the brackets are out there. Over 4 million brackets filled out on ESPN.com and counting And so, two questions for you. A, have you filled out your bracket? And B, has the regular season or the – well, let me just say it this way. Has the NCAA tournament minimized the importance of the regular season in conference tournaments? So, first one, have I filled out my bracket? No, I haven't did it yet, but I'm going to do it. Trust me, I'm going to do it. All right, it's going to happen. for the second question – I think it has, but uh, and I'll say this. One of the reasons why it's like that, though, Chris, is because you don't have that excitement or those excitement players in college basketball that we're accustomed to seeing uh, as we grew up and seeing. Recently, I think the, the latest one that we had was a Zion Williamson who brought that spark, brought that excitement to the game and was must-see TV. Now, I think if they can get back to having a player like that, and you don't need many of them. You just need one or two, maybe three, to get the viewership back up. Uh, back to what what it used to be. Remember Vince Carter? Vince Carter was Oof. must-see TV. Antoine Jameson, Ed Coda. Um, I'm trying to think of the other point. Pretty much everybody name. on that Carolina yeah, team. Shaman Williams. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. You was excited to watch that. Jay Will, when he was at Duke, you was excited to watch those guys. Carlos Boozer. Now I don't think it's like that. So I think everyone is waiting until March for the excitement. Well, 
I think you brought up something interesting, Harry, when you started talking about all of those names from that Tobacco Road rivalry. A lot of those players stayed longer than one year. And I hate to be the guy that, that says, get off my lawn, and, and, and it starts to hate on the one-and-done guys. But when you don't have that attachment to players, when the first time you're seeing them is February after the NFL season wraps, it doesn't give you a lot of time to be invested in their actual success. And then by the time you turn around, those guys end up moving on to the NBA and you're talking about a fresh crop of players. So it gets hard to be overly invested in the individual players. And when you don't have that investment, it makes it hard to have that strong rooting interest to tune in during the regular season or during conference tournaments. I think everybody just looks at the regular season as a precursor to what's going to happen in the NCAA tournament because we know that that's all that really matters. But coming up next, we got Kevin Durant and the Nets. We'll see what happens. ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Harry Douglas and Chris Candy. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on Twitter at HDouglas83 at ChrisCandy99. Also tap in on the Candy Call-In line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And the question that we have for you guys is, does Tom Brady's return make the Tampa Bay Bucks the team to beat in the NFC? Of course, Caesars Sportsbook out in Vegas says that is the case. The Tampa Bay Bucks moving from plus 1,000 to win the conference on Sunday, Harry, to plus 375 this morning. It's really unbelievable the impact. In, Chris. It's really it. unbelievable the impact that Tom Brady's had on that franchise and how he's changed the perception of what that organization actually is in the minds of NFL fans, in the minds of players, and in the eyes of Vegas. But speaking of players that have impacts on the organization, we got to talk about this dude, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a monster on the basketball court. I, I mean, Harry, the New York Knicks. They tried every way to cover Kevin Durant. Doesn't matter what coverage Tom Thibodeau threw at him. They just could not find a way to corral him. It's interesting because in the last eight minutes of the game, they kept running double teams at the man, and the Nets tried to figure it out. It took them a couple of possessions, but then Kevin Durant would give it up early in the possession and get it back late, and, of course, he's an assassin. All he needs is a fraction of a second to have an open look, and he's going to make you pay. And did the New York Knicks pay? They absolutely did because Kevin Durant dropped 53 points last night in Barclays to beat the Knicks. And it was an impressive win. It was a win that we both know the Nets had to have because they're trying to keep pace with uh, those other teams that are chasing them for their eighth spot in the Eastern Conference standings. We know that they're going to be locked into the play-in tournament, Harry. But based on what you saw yesterday with Kevin Durant's performance – I mean, how do you see this team? How do you look at this team moving forward as we get ready for the playoffs? Yeah, Chris, I'll start with Kevin Durant. I think easily he's the best scorer that the uh, that, M- that the NBA has ever seen in history. Who? Ever seen? That the, the NBA has ever seen. Ooh, because okay. Because you, you don't see a guy with his size that can shoot over double teams, shoot over 6'10", 7-footers. The one against the uh, Sixers when he shot over Embiid, I was like, my goodness. He, it's just, he can't be stopped, but he does it effortlessly. And I love that about Kevin Durant. Now, I will say this. I love the play against Fournier when he told him, you're too small to be guarding me, little boy. Oh, yeah. Get back in your backyard, go play with your stuffed animals because this is for grown men. Kevin Durant, the Brooklyn Nets, they're on a three-game winning streak. And remember I told you last time we was on here together that I was worried about them, but I still think that they can make the finals. Now, that all depends on a guy named Kyrie. 
in this vaccine mandate that is going on at the Barclays Center. That's where we at. But that's where we are with this, Chris. And we've been to this place the entire season when it comes to Kyrie. It just it's so weird to me that Kyrie can walk into Barclays, unmask, sit courtside, have multiple conversations with people and converse on a very, very high level, but not be able to play in the same building. What sense does it make? Now, I understand that Mayor Adams, he just can't, you know, we're going to change things for, for, for Kyrie Irving. Well, let's, let's take a listen to Kevin Durant because he, he was critical of Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, in the post game, talking about the frustration that the players had with Kyrie's situation. Take a listen to what KD had to say about it after the game yesterday. It's ridiculous. Like, it just feels like at this point now, somebody's trying to make a statement or a point um, to flex their authority. Um, but, you know, everybody out here looking for attention, and that's when I feel like the, the mayor wants right now some attention, you know. Um, but he'll figure it out soon. He better. Um, but it just didn't make any sense. Like, there's unvaxxed people in this building already. We got a guy who uh, can come into the building. I guess, are they fearing our safety? With, like, I don't get it. So, yeah, we're all confused. Pretty much everybody in the world is confused at this point. Early on in the season, you know, people didn't understand what was going on. But now it just looks stupid. So, hopefully, Eric, you, you got to figure this out. Oh, well, early on in the season, I think we were in a much different place when it came to COVID and the pandemic that New York City was fighting. And early on in the season, New York City had a different mayor. It was Bill de Blasio, who's the one that put this private sector mandate for vaccines in place, not new mayor Eric Adams. So, I mean, as far as making sure your anger is directed in the right place, I think that's a place where Kevin Durant has to make sure that, that he's on solid footing and he's doing the right thing. Now, I will also say this, Harry, the tone that Kevin Durant had <laughs> in, in making it antagonistic, making it adversarial with the New York City mayor, calling him by his first name, not giving him the respect of the title. I don't know that that's the way to go about things in order to get this vaccine mandate lifted so you can have your boy Kyrie Irving come play alongside you and this team can compete for a championship. That's the part where I think it went way left. He didn't have to take it to such lengths. I understand his point. Adam Silver and others have made it. But I think that Kevin Durant was just a little bit out of pocket in terms of his overall tone. And you just hope that Mayor Eric Adams doesn't keep the vaccine mandate in place to spite Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets for how they treated him. But coming up next, which team should be inquiring about Deshaun Watson? We got the answers.